Well hello you awesome nerds, welcome back to Pitch Slapped, the fan-made Pitch Perfect podcast, because we just love it so much, we've got to do a podcast about it. We talk everything from all aspects of Pitch Perfect, to the fandom and the amazing creators, and of course our acting news. This episode of the podcast, I am well excited, because a few weeks ago I had the privilege of speaking to a fan fiction creator called A Sweet Melody Trickling, and and was able to delve in with her with all her work and how she creates and comes up with her ideas and all sorts of stuff. It was an absolutely lovely chat with her and I'm so excited for you guys to finally hear it. We've also got our fan fiction highlights for you this week but first let's delve into our actor news. <coughs> There's been so much going on this past week. Chrissy Fitt has been teasing us recently with a load of pictures depicting her as a director for the first time. She talks about how she's always been really scared of kind of delving into the new world of directing, but through the pandemic and everything, she decided to take the plunge and has been doing her first hand at directing. We don't know that much about it yet, but all she has said in the tweets that I've seen is the fact that it's involving the Jed Foundation and VS Pink. So watch this space, Chrissy Fit doing her first hand of directing. Now we've known for a while that Kelly Jackal has been involved in a few Christmas movies. And she did a few things on social media recently to let us know that one of those will be coming to Lifetime TV in the States. It's called A Very Charming Christmas Town. According to the information she's given us, it's going to be full of Christmas sweaters, singing and falling in love. So if you need the Christmassy feels from the Pitch Perfect cast, watch this space because that is coming very, very soon. I don't know if there's a way, if you're not American, to be able to watch these movies. So if anybody has information, let me know, because I would be so intrigued to see her in this movie. I don't think I've seen her in a lot else apart from Pitch Perfect, so I'm intrigued. I just want to know. Also, if you have been anywhere on social media recently with regards to Kelly Jackal, you might have seen that she did a live stream over the past week with a fan and uh, the account Kelly Jackal on Twitter, who is the fan in question, actually shared little snippets from her live stream. It was really, really cool to see like the interaction between Kelly and her fan and just the kind of joy. They had such a good conversation. But she shares this one snippet from the live stream about Jessica and Ashley. And in this snippet, they're talking about like where Jessica and Ashley kind of ended up, what are they doing? And Kelly literally says that Jessica and Ashley were gonna get married. That's literally what Kelly says in this snippet. If you needed the confidence that at least somebody, one of the ship pairs would get together, Jessley. Thank you so much. That just, that brought me so, so much joy when I saw it. I was just like, yes, finally. We did retweet it on our Twitter, so if you do want to check it out, it is on there. And finally, if you are feeling a little bit deprived of Anna Kendrick content, have no fear, because there is a brand new TikTok trend, and it's a pitch-perfect one involving Anna Kendrick. To go in line with the fact that it's coming up to Christmas, the account on TikTok called Cara Ward, with 
three Ds at the end, did a little TikTok dance where they take the Christmas song from Pitch Perfect 2, the one featuring Snoop Dogg, and they take the section where Becca starts doing like the Christmas mashup with Here Comes Santa Claus. So you literally get like Anna Kendrick's voice singing the song. I mean, you know it. It's one of those that I think I've heard so much, but it always brings me joy and I do excessively hear it or listen to it during the Christmas season. And they kind of do all these actions to the song, the little snippet. I mean, it's not very long, but they kind of almost act out the words. All these like reindeer actions that they're doing to the dance is so good. And what I found myself doing, usually with most TikTok trends, this one's no different, is I just then want to just keep watching them. So I don't know how many times I have listened to that section of the song over the past week, but I am a little bit hooked and I just want to keep watching them. If you do attempt to do this trend, I would love to see it. Nobody that I have seen yet has done the dance in any kind of pitch-perfect costume. So we are missing out. This is like the second TikTok trend that I have seen coming from Pitch Perfect. I've seen a lot of people doing the sign. And because it's trending right now, I am just totally enjoying every moment of it. Just some more daily pitch perfect content that I can delve into and just get a whole heap of joy. That's our actor news for this week. We'll be delving into some fan fiction highlights a little bit later on. But first, it's time to delve into my conversation with a sweet melody trickling. When I was delving into the fandom for the first time and finding fan fiction, I kind of got onto Tumblr and these one shots would just keep popping up and I was like, I just, I need to follow this account and keep up to date because they are always making content. I do not know how they keep bashing these out, but they do. And it is such a joy to read. So I really, really wanted to catch up with the creator, a sweet Melody Trickling, because she has done so much, such a variety of work. And it is such a privilege to be able to speak to her right now. Hi, hello. Oh, yeah. How are you? Very well, thanks. Yeah, it's rainy outside, so feeling cosy. I like it. Well, hopefully this can, this can be a cosy chat. It's cosy. Oh, I feel like there should be like some mood music in the background. <laughs> like a coffee shop AU. Oh, can you imagine? So you've already started. You started going off on one already. <laughs> yeah, it was a chilly October rainy day outside. <laughs> we start with a setting. <laughs> Definitely, Yeah. I'm really grateful that you could speak to me today and we're kind of just delve into your world because you've you've done so much. I've been busy bee, yeah. (laughs) I was busy bee just last year, actually. You have been in the fandom for a while. Yeah. Around. What was it that... Just just around. Pottering. (laughs) What was it that drew you into Pitch Perfect? What drew me in? I remember first seeing the movies... I remember vividly seeing the first movie at the cinema and not ever expecting anything to be much of it. I was a bit of a cinemaniac, so I went to the cinema a lot and Pitch Perfect just popped up and I was like, oh, I'll go and see that. And I really, my only main memory of it was as soon as Aubrey, Aubrey chundered right at the beginning. And I was like, okay, I was not expecting that. This is going to be a very funny film. And that was it, really. And it was just hilarious. And... So I guess I don't really have any memory between that 
I may be seeing the second movie, but I know I must have seen it a few times. I think a few friends of mine, we have in-jokes from that first movie, which I hadn't ever really linked with that first movie, like Crushing Like a Cheesecake and stuff, until until like I really, really rewatched them a lot. And then I was just like, oh man, maybe it kind of filtered into my mind a bit more than I realised. And yeah, I think I just always liked the quirkiness of it. I loved how every Bella was kind of different, but they seemed to have this one unique thing that drew them together. And I kind of saw a little bit of myself in every single character. And I think I really enjoyed that. And that must have been probably the draw of it. And it was just really unique for its time, I think, as well. Like it was, it was kind of a bunch of strong gal pals being quirky and funny and nerdy and... There were songs, which is good. So, yeah, I like that. I must admit, for me, that I think the first movie is just so quotable. Like you said, <laughs> yeah. there's just so many you end yes. up using in real life. Yeah, definitely. Absolutely, yeah. Crush Him Like a Cheesecake was always something that my friends would, like, yell at me at work or whatever. Go crush it like a cheesecake. That's kind of <laughs> what we had really ongoing for a while. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I think ours was... Um, oh, it was Finish Him Like a Cheesecake, though. I guess the direct quote was, so we must have yeah. smashed two together. That must have been it. Yeah, uh, we were always using horizontal running. That was like... Yes! Was like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Classic. Classic. So when did it go for you from like a movie that you enjoyed to being like, I want to create stuff around this movie? Being at uni and doing a med degree is hardcore as it is uh, and I must have found some spare time somewhere and I thought how can I get like a creative outlook because my uni work was so heavy and I was I'd always been a bit of a writer I'd written for fandoms before uh, I think my main one was probably Harry Potter um, and CSI as well I liked as a teenager and um, always writing for couples that never ended up together oh Harry and Hermione like what do I say like I was big on that bandwagon but never mind and um not to say that I'm a curse to Chloe but uh, I just I, I just really enjoyed the movies again so I had a little look I thought oh, I'll go through fanfiction.net and see if there's anything there for Pitch Perfect highly expecting there um stupidly thinking oh it'll be like loads of Jesse and Becca fix and stuff like that and I was like like the first 10 pages were Becca and Chloe and I was like well I'm gonna have to read into this now because I must have been completely blinded by it um beforehand and so yeah I, I delved into a few things I can't remember any specific ones but I remember thinking oh there's there's definitely something there so I rewatched the movies and I was like okay there's a lot of something there that hasn't been said which really needs to be written about um I think I stumbled onto Tumblr through Google I think with the Chloe tag and yeah, I've read a lot of really, really good like one shots and fix and was like, hey, people seem to like them and want them and keep wanting them. So I'll give it a go. I'll put, write a little something, see if there's anything there for it. And there was. And there we are. And it all started from there. And so it began and got <laughs> out of control. <laughs> <laughs> so when did writing start for you? So you started before the pitch perfect fan and you're yeah. already writing yeah 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 I always wrote little bits as a kid um my granddad was big on writing and read a lot and he would bless him he would send me little letters as a kid and say this is a prompt that I want you to write like this is a storyline that I would love like I'm just going to give you two character names and I'm going to give you a setting and you're going to have to write 
just if you want to write a little bit for me and send it back and so I used to like post some little little stories and so this is kind of the grown-up version <laughs> of what my granddad did for me before prompt lists and you name it he used to just go hey give me send me a short story and see what you can do with it that's amazing Especially yeah something that you kind of used to do as a child and it just yeah ongoing yeah yeah and it was and that's probably why I still do it so much is because actually you know he's not around anymore and there's a little connection there and he started me off on it and I know if he was still around he'd be like oh my gosh awesome work like not to say that it is awesome work but as in he was just like my number one fan when it came to writing and doing anything and so I can imagine he'd be well up for this yeah and it's it's really lovely as well that you found an outlet like you said mm, when you yeah you know, when you were at union, you were very, very busy with your studies that you found yeah, something really busy. that you really enjoyed that mm. was an outlet for you. Yeah. And I guess that's how, and then going into work, that's kind of how I, I, I would make myself time to write a little bit, or even if it was a short one shot or part of a one shot, eventually, um, I'd always try and push myself to write a little bit. Do you find it therapeutic? I've always had quite a vivid imagination. So the fun thing is being able to visualize what I'm going to write. I might be driving home from work or something and hear a song and think, hey, that'd fit with the Bacloe situation. What can I come up with that? And then I'd come up with something and I'd just jot it down or write it quickly or not, in, not while I'm driving. Um, <laughs> I hasten to add, it's illegal to text and drive in the UK. But at some point, I then jot it down. I think it's fascinating that you find that balance because I know that you're quite busy and yeah, um, yeah that you have an outlet that you enjoy in your spare time as well. You know, this is not yeah. to do. This is something no, you it's fun outside of work. So yeah, it's fascinating. Yeah, no, and I think um, <laughs> a lot of people say, "What are your hobbies? What do you do in your spare time?" And I'm like, oh, I sit in a dark room and write fan fiction for people on the strangers on the internet. It's <laughs> <laughs> you know it's all good fun as you do yeah as you do someone's gotta do it so that's true that's true (laughs) so where did your username come from that is a good question as well um i don't actually know i think it was okay so the original name was a sweet melody trickling through your ear and i thought oh that's so poetic um and fitting for pitch perfect because it's a melody um and then as i and and a few people who follow me will remember that as it being my title it was really long but i couldn't get out of my head the fact that the last four letters was rear and so i kept seeing the word rear and i was like i've got to change this i've just got to cut it down a little bit because i'm sure people just sort of see the first couple of words of sweet melody and they're like oh you know she's just churned another one out um another thick and so yeah i don't think anyone missed the last part so that is the story kind of of my username yeah, who knew? If you if you're newer, you, you suddenly get a whole new aspect. <laughs> yeah, I know. Really embarrassing, but never mind. <laughs> I mean, you've written a lot in the fandom. I know you've experimented with a few different ships, but it seems like Bacloe's the main yeah. one. That is that your favourite yeah. ship? I think it's my favourite ship, um, not only because there's so much to see in the movies, I think I'd be lying if I didn't say that because the fandom is very much predominantly Bacloe based, um, I kind of write for that as well. 
um but also i don't know i just love those little nerds they're they're little cuties and i love trying to find new ways to get them to meet cute and they're either already established or you know they're in a another situation and they're with the bellas or they're without the bellas yeah i just i like that I find it fascinating that especially with those two, there's so many times when you can just you can create a whole new meet cute for them oh, in man. so many different scenarios. Yes. Yeah. And it and somehow works every time. Yeah. yeah every time. And I think uh, traditionally, I don't know, I find myself always if I'm gonna go down that route of conversation, I always end up writing Becca as the sort of more steelier if you will, male of the two of them, so to speak. Um, and Chloe, the more um, vulnerable of the two. Uh, but I do try and play with the idea of them almost role reversing sometimes uh, in terms of Becca needing saving because there is a vulnerability to her quite a bit. And, uh, and Chloe being the one to sweep in and save the day or, you know, make her life that bit more better. So it's quite nice. <laughs> I think especially with those two as well, like you can play around with the different dynamics. Of yeah. them. And when you've written yeah. so many times, you can <clears throat> probably get a lot of joy out of just which different scenarios, which different yeah. situations they end up in and yeah. how these characters kind of react. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And also how the Bellas may react to it as well. That's another thing that I enjoy is like writing different ways that these Bellas find out that... <laughs> Becca and Chloe have kind of either not got together and they thought they had or they had got together and they hadn't realised that's really fun as well that's really fun also because Becca and Chloe are often um, the leaders of the gang so to speak deemed as the leaders of the gang it's kind of like oh, I had no idea that my parents of the group were hooking up or whatever that's quite fun or the kids are trying to get mum and dad back together like that's quite fun it's one thing that I really enjoy from your writing is you have this ability to write all the Bellas which I think oh, is quite yeah. a difficult task and like oh thanks get all of their personalities out in like a few lines or a few paragraphs <laughs> I spoke to a few people and they were like I love your group conversation. oh the whatsapp the whatsapp yes. yeah I love writing that and I think it's because it's snappy and because it's chaotic like someone might be responding to something um, that was said ages ago and then it's a slip of the tongue or something like that's how often I will filter in Stacey and Aubrey kind of accidentally being together and having not told anyone about it and so there'll be um, something that one of them says or uh, and they just sort of accidentally let slip and then they just get teased about it and then usually it's fat amy who started this bella's conversation going oh it's a blowy update from her position in the apartment or whatever and then all she's just gets frustrated and sort of like can we get back to blowy please and we'll just sort out everyone else later so yeah i enjoy it i enjoy writing those ones definitely and you can kind of just like see everybody's little personality coming <laughs> yeah. out I love just popping Lily. Lily's silent for the whole thing and then she'll just pop up either at the end or inappropriately in the middle. And she'll just sort of, I've always written her like she's got surveillance on everyone and she just knows where everyone is. So if someone asks like, is Chloe even there yet? And it's Fat Amy who's supposed to be answering because she's there with her. But actually it's Lily who goes, yes, she is. And it's like, oh, okay. So, yeah. That's quite Which fun. I can totally see with Lily, like <laughs> yeah, this is what she's she's got this adorable creepiness about her that yeah, she'd just crop up, she'd just stalk that chat. Out of all the Bellas, and who's your favourite character? 
as I may have mentioned before, um, I think I see a bit of every Bella in me, like bubbly and smiley for one hand, creative and quite productive on the other, and can be protective and maybe a little bit bossy and organized and so like but also a bit of a scatterbrain sometimes so it's kind of like a little bit of everyone's personality I see in me so I don't think in terms of watching a character I don't think I have a favorite but in terms of writing would probably I think I really enjoy writing Aubrey um she is and I should say Becca or Chloe but actually it's Aubrey because she just there must be something about her in her past that has made her the way she is in that first movie and then going through to the second and then in the final you know the final one for now you know it's just something I really enjoy writing with her and I wrote a one shot that I really really love and always go back to because there's many that I'm proud of but that one I was where I wrote um from the perspective of Gail and she was someone on Tumblr had said that Gail I I think Gail's Aubrey's mum and I remember seeing that and thinking I'll, I'll roll with it and I thought yeah I'll take that and I'll just quickly write something and I ended up writing a really long one shot just charting Gail's life really from being in her a cappella group in college um, right the way through to the end of Pitch Perfect 3 um, where eventually you know because it was her estranged, da- estranged daughter and because Aubrey's dad crops up at the end of Pitch Perfect 3 I wrote it so that he cropped up to bring her over to Gail to introduce her and say, look, this is actually your mum. And she's adorably been stalking the Bellas for years, hoping to get a chance to speak to you. And here she is. So, yeah, I really like that one. I like writing Aubrey from that. What's the title of the story if people want to... Uh, I think it's called Guardian, Gail and Aubrey. I think you probably, if you just searched on my Tumblr, or even in my, if you want to scroll through that chapter list of my Pitch Perfect one-shots on AO3, um, yeah, it's Gail and Aubrey for sure. And then just... The title's Guardian, I think. It's interesting speaking to a number of people. It seems like Aubrey is really kind of, from the movies, she's the character that warms up to people the most when they start yeah. going into the fan fiction and stuff, when you start yeah. to kind of explore all the different sides of her because she's come with this whole like load of like trauma and yeah. backstory. That a you lot of packet, yeah, a lot of baggage. And so that's quite fun. You get to play about with that a little bit. Yeah, I think because she's so steely during the movies and then, of course, she's a bit of a wet blanket in the last movie. But <laughs> she, I think it's quite nice to sort of use a couple of the other Bellas to help soften her her up a bit so um, like Chloe being her very best friend and knowing her really well Stacey I write her often as being a love interest and you know we kind of delve into that so yeah it's quite quite fun so one thing that i was quite fascinated with your writing is where you get your inspiration from it sounds like it's lots of different sources because they always you, you, especially on your Tumblr, you sort of say, hey, this is a place for Pitch Perfect one-shots. Yeah. And you'll have stories that just come out of so many different <laughs> places. Yeah. Um, I kind of started that <clears throat> from pretty much when I first started and I didn't get any prompts or anything because I was very new. And I thought, you know, I'm going to write like a basic prompt list it's a long one but it's basic so it just has one word on it and then I thought well what ships would I want to write for and I said well my favorite ships be Chloe Strawberry which is or Strawberry which is Aubrey and Stacey and Jessica and Ashley so Jessley and if people did want an other sort of pairing like Stecker so Stacey and Becca or Chawbury Chloe and Aubrey then 
they just have to write other. So if people picked a ship and then picked a number out of this list or a couple of numbers uh, and every number was assigned a word and I would just write something from that and that really kind of fueled my imagination. And, you know, the shorter the prompt and the less in-depth and less specific a prompt, the easier it is to write really because you're kind of not um, chained down to the specific storyline. And for the most part, um, my stories kind of finish with a book Chloe ending or a, a satisfying ending. Uh, but sometimes I'll leave them on a cliffhanger because either I think it's fun to, no, oh, I was a bit mean, isn't it? But um, I think it's quite, it's quite nice for the audience to, or the readers to want more. Um, and so often enough i'll then get a response and say look actually i could have done with a bit more or, oh please don't let it in there and then it's like oh, okay well actually i can write a little bit more if, if i know that there's a a want for it then i can write a bit more for it so it started with a prompt list and then as it's as the years have gone on i think i've still got 160 prompts in my my inbox that i sort of wow, yeah. haven't overly got round to which i feel bad about um but they're there and i know they're there so if i do need something just to have give me a little step up into an idea then that's what it is but there's a variety there and it's from that prompt list really that that started I, th I think it's quite amazing like you said when you first started you probably weren't well known and mm. you didn't get many prompts no definitely and then not. having that prompt list so you're saying you created a list that people yeah yeah I created a list um I think on my tumblr it's definitely on my tumblr if you look on the desktop version there's a there's a link on the top bar for a prompt list but yeah and that was I think there's about a hundred odd words basically that each number is assigned to a word and it'd be something as simple as a star uh, rain and birth and then you kind of like okay well that sounds a lot like a star is born now the movie but they, they were just examples of like what you could use from that starry night sky during a birth someone's given birth someone's not given birth what's the deal there so it kind of there's such a huge scope for it that's where it comes from and it's amazing that having that and putting that out there enabled you to build a sort of almost like community where people felt mm. like they were comfortable to give you prompts yeah and you kind yeah. of ran with it from there yeah, I hadn't really thought about that. But yeah, I get a lot of very kind messages and prompts and reactions from almost the same people, especially now, like there's a few followers who are just, you know, will message every single time or will comment every single time. And that does just fuel the desire to keep writing. That's really helpful. So sometimes I'll take a prompt from something that's happened in my life or something that happened to me today or yesterday or that happened to someone else and I try and keep it as like unspecific as possible and then just link it in with a storyline yeah and then I kind of decide do I want it during what I call the Baden years so when they're in Baden University do I call it in the Brooklyn years so when they're living in Brooklyn together and that's the Chloe centric or Bella's WhatsApp or do I want it sort of around the Pitch Perfect 3 era or beyond that era so do I want it afterwards or I'll do a completely different universe so so many options. It's amazing as well that you can see these prompts come in and then just see where your mind goes with it because it yeah having something that's not really specific allows you then to kind of run with it with your own imagination. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And that's really helpful. Um, so it's lovely getting a little prompt and I feel bad for those who give like a big extensive prompt. And usually I'll reply to that long 
message and just sort of say hey it sounds like you've got it all figured out why didn't you write it yourself give it a go give it a post and I bet you there'll be people out there who will who will love it and if they don't it's not the end of the world because you've written something and that's really special there's one thing I was wondering actually was do you find that there is pressure when you get a prompt because it's kind of like oh somebody's Mm sent that in like (laughs) to you and they're expecting some sort of story yeah there is that pressure and I think I read somewhere probably on tumblr and someone had reposted it I think it was uh, I don't know probably Teresa or someone had had reposted this thing and sort of said yeah this is really true of fanfic authors and it's it was saying look don't put pressure on yourself if you can't write a whole fic in a day if you can't post it right away if you're mulling over it if it's stuck in your drafts box and you haven't quite finished it don't feel bad about it at the end of the day you're doing it for free no one's expecting you to post it and if you do what a bonus but if you don't it's not the end of the world and I had only just seen that I think last year which was probably my one of my quietest years for writing because I was so busy in my personal life and I think that sort of gave me a lot of reassurance that actually yeah you know I I do feel guilty if I get a prompt through and I can't get to it right away or I'm knees deep in a mini fic as I call them which aren't really mini anymore but uh, a mini fic that (laughs) I like, uh, I've got to get out of my system. I have to write this mini fix. So unfortunately, I can't write this prompt at the moment and hopefully I'll get back to it if it doesn't get lost in my inbox. So, yeah. And I love how you encourage those who maybe have a really, really specific idea that clearly is in their head and they have the story to be like, yeah. you can do it. Like nobody's yes. bound yeah and sometimes these are really really beautiful prompts like it's just like I'd feel bad taking that on and taking credit for it if I got any credit for it because it's it's all there you've mapped it out you've mapped a beginning a middle and end you know which characters are involved you know how they're gonna feel just write it and get people yeah get people into it because that is essentially the best way to start really is to is to have an idea yourself and just write it and go with the flow and I don't even read back on my stuff anymore I just post it because I I just have to get out of my system and then I just post it and go with the flow and maybe in the tags I'll say sorry I didn't check it back today or and hope there aren't too many mistakes but that is just with practice you've done it so many times now <laughs> yeah, like yeah. Process. You're like, oh yeah together again right go post okay <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> When you've built up like a community like this, where people engage with your content, how do you manage yourself when you get like negative comments or anything like that? Oh, um, I mean, uh, I've always been a big believer of being positive to people, whether they're negative to me or not, which is probably, you know, still being pretty good stead throughout my life. And if they're not, you kind of just have to be polite about it and sort of assume that they're going through something in their life and there's a reason why being at you makes them feel a bit better and if that's what has to happen then so be it I think I've got quite broad shoulders and so I just sort of wish people luck and apologize that they you know I sort of say I feel sorry that you feel that way and you know thanks for getting in touch anyway and I hope you have a better day for sort of getting this off your chest but please be nicer next time (laughs) I mean if I get negative comments about my work it's just one of those things at the end of the day I write for myself and if my blog community want to read it and like it and kudos it or do whatever then that's cool but if some people don't like it then again that's cool but that's just one of those things if I'm happy with it it really shouldn't matter so um, that's the best way that I handle that which can be hard for other people but that's just what I do yeah and I love how you're able to separate that out because I think yeah. you know it's so difficult when you're writing something it's quite personal and, and you yeah. have the time in it 
and like you yeah. said you don't get paid for it it's like a, a labor of love <laughs> yeah. to put it out there and, yeah. and to have you know and just understand well that's somebody's opinion and that's okay like yeah um, and yeah on from that yeah I mean goodness knows there are so many people out in the public and get criticized so much for all sorts of different things that often they can't help and it's just one of those things I mean you can't please everyone and that unfortunately is life so you just gotta take in all those positives maybe reread some stuff that I really like and just sort of say you know that's that's fine you know that's just one person's opinion whereas like a hundred other people have liked it so <laughs> and you're so positive yeah that's Great. my that's my life I just yeah bumble along happily so one thing that I was always fascinated about because I know that you you know when you've got work commitments and family commitments mm-hmm. How on earth do you find the time to write? Uh, that is a good question. Well, like I say, I've done a lot of writing now over the past few years that I've been in the fandom. I think my first full year that I was in, I think I did a one shot every day, like I posted a one shot every day. And then really? I felt guilty when I didn't. And I kind of slowed that one shot every day when uh, I felt pregnant. And then I was really poorly with my pregnancy. And then of course, having a new baby is just really, really hard work. That kind of slowed, so that slowed down. And that was a bit of guilt. I sort of felt really guilty because I had loads of prompts in my inbox. And I was like, guys, I have physically no ability to do it um, mentally emotionally definitely drained so I'll do what I can yeah I think I've done it for so long that I can just jot something down and post it and just sort of like um, leave it at that and I think if I really really like a particular idea that I'm running with like I think my most recent one shot was one where Becca is pregnant and she bumps into Jessie and I kind of vaguely really vaguely stemmed that from Love Life which is um, the TV show that I finally came to the UK a couple of weeks ago and I finally got around to finally got around to watching it and I was like oh it's just like when you know Darby bumps into Oggy and I thought uh you know I could totally run with that a little bit and just change it slightly and someone had specifically asked for a pregnant Becca and I thought this is a good way to roll with it and yeah I was really really passionate about that one oh passionate I hate that word but you know I was really into that one <laughs> and I thought you know I'm just gonna roll with it and I wrote it really quite quickly I think my son was napping at the time so he was down for an hour or so and I was just like I'll just ram it ram it down and post it I think uh, the opportunities to write are a lot less nowadays but it's because it's my hobby it's probably the only thing I do other than housework when I'm not at work so (laughs) it's fun times thank you Covid I think is the word there yeah (laughs) not a lot to do I love it and I love that because it's something that you enjoy and and like you said it's like your hobby that when you're not working or having those family commitments you do just spend a little bit of time to put into it and Mm -hmm. I get the impression that you know it could be like a little bit of time or a big amount of time but Mm. any time that you fancy just spending on it you're just yeah working yeah and I think I'm one of the few uh, fanfic authors for Pitch Perfect that actually just writes on the app on the Tumblr app I don't pull up a word doc or anything like that so actually if I'm just carrying my phone with me and I get a quick idea or something or I'm, I'm thinking about the next sentence whilst I'm heating up some dinner or something like that then I can quickly just whip my phone out quickly jot it down save it back in my drafts again and then just carry on with my day so often sometimes it'll be a chipping away at it, it depends how my day's going really i love that when any time inspiration comes you'll just quickly judge jot it down man i'm telling you they are always on my mind so it doesn't <laughs> matter what i'm doing i'm going hey would be chloe deal with this okay like how would they deal with this what would chloe say what would becca say would fat amy tumble through the window right now like what would be going on would their kid pee on the floor 
mine kind of did but like would they it's sort of like it's one of those situations so you probably have like a list on your phone of just like so many things that, that these ideas or sentences that have come up um, oh, i wish i could jotted. say that i did but no <laughs> they just they hang around in my head and either they stay there or they go and then genuinely when i'm writing a fic i don't really know where it's going i just know that i want them to get together in this way or i know that i want them to start off here and then i kind of get ideas as i'm writing and so i'll go oh actually lily could crop up out of nowhere i'll do that a little bit later but let's carry on writing about this bit here and then oh actually no i'll bring lily in now this is brilliant and then that sounds really big-headed but yeah no as in like this is perfect for her to come in at this point and so I think I had that with one of my AUs and they were having a uh, Becca and Chloe were having a private conversation then Becca whips around and suddenly Lily's just in her face like whoa how long have you been there for that's so Lily Um, but I never planned on doing that it just it just happened it was organic man so do you find that you'll have an idea but not the whole thing's formed yeah and exactly. so then it, it literally forms as you're writing it. Yeah, yeah. That's that's how I roll with it, usually. And then if sometimes I have to put, you know, my writing down and I have to go and do something, often it'll just be in the back of my mind. Or if I get if I get a bit of writer's block, which I often do now because my head is so full, usually my drive to and from work is my sort of go-to of, right, okay, so this is where I left off from what I recall and how am I going to get them to this next stage how am I going to get them to this next plot point which I know I'll be able to write so much more freely but I've got to try and get them there so I'll just have you know my 30 40 50 minute commute I'll just sort of have in my head thoughts about oh how can I get them in into where they are do you find that you will move between unwritten stories or do you focus on one until that one's finished um I currently have nine half written <laughs> stories in my drafts one of the they're all like next chapters of a fic that people keep asking for we've got deaf chloe we've got um tears on is always one that people ask about uh, cupid's touch which is kind of this mini fic which I wrote ages ago which I keep wanting to write but it's just having the motivation to do it they're all half written and then on top of that I've also got a few one shots in the work that are still kind of half written and even just the other day I kind of finished off one to post because I was like I feel really bad that this has been in my draft box for so long I'll quickly just track the rest of it down and see how it goes so I I think that's probably the the biggest bit of baggage that I have on Tumblr in terms of as an author and a creator is my draft box (laughs) of half written (laughs) stories it's fascinating that you write them in Tumblr yeah yeah i write them in tumblr they're all just there just like yeah ready, yeah until I'm just... ready to go. <laughs> it's like it's not like having the nuclear button but it's like i could if i wanted to i could post all of them but actually none of them are finished they're not together in all of them it's like you know there'd be too many cliffhangers there there'd be probably a riot going on <laughs> Yeah. yeah, yeah. we don't want to start that. Yeah, we don't want to start too many cliffhangers, man. I've noticed with your fix that a lot of them centre around Pitch Perfect Universe or the Pitch Perfect 3 universe. What is it about that era that fascinates you or that you enjoy writing about? Um, I love, love writing the Chloe in that studio apartment. The second that was suddenly not only suggested... But I think it was rejection isn't failure. She's she's on it when it comes to picking apart these movies, man. She knows her stuff. And so she really picked apart this studio apartment from the the images that we had from 
the movie, which was like a two minute scene, but it was insane. And she managed to get confirmation that it was canon that Becca and Chloe share this bed i mean oh all our fanfic dreams came true right there it was like yes they are living breathing a fanfic situation right here there's only one bed that isn't being occupied by fat amy so i loved that and i think i love the idea that fat amy could tumble into this apartment at any time and it is such a small apartment i mean they've all seen each other butt naked many times because there is not a lot of room there and i think it's just it's just ideal it's just a really fun situation that between pitch perfect two and pitch perfect three there's all of this time how did they get there and what are they doing at the moment and why isn't amy paying rent and what does that mean that becca and chloe are kind of like the parents and they're like the solar key earners in this sort of makeup situation so i just love playing with that and i love that era and then of course is looking at post Pitch Perfect 3 and how can we rectify everything that happened in Pitch Perfect 3 really and beyond like where we left off. I think there's a lot of a lot of the fandom who are okay-ish with Pitch Perfect 3 having happened but wish that a lot of things were different and things beyond. So I kind of like playing with the idea that they get together eventually somehow. I think that's just it. If your main characters don't get together in canon, the world's your oyster in terms of how you can make them get together elsewhere. It's really fascinating that you get to like play around with that concept. And almost, I don't want to say right or wrong, but it's playing around with, hey, okay, this is what they left us with. (laughs) Now we're going to bring it together here or here or in these different scenarios. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And obviously one of the things that was quite big for you was writing the script for Pitch Perfect 4. Yeah, I mean, yeah, when you look I, at I your Tumblr account, there is actually a, like a link specifically mm, for that. Yeah, that was one of the ones that I really, I, I genuinely don't care what anyone says. I'm really proud of that. Like I'd never written a script before and I just, I'm going to, I'm going to brag about it. Like I really enjoyed the way that I wrote it. I enjoyed the way I wrote the characters and got them together. I was really proud of somehow writing a riff off you know, just little twists and turns and, you know, characters reveal themselves towards the end. And that's kind of why I'm proud of it and left a link on my Tumblr for it. I was really pleased with how that sort of turned out. And, you know, it's not going to happen in terms of being made real. But for me, I do look back on it quite a few times and just can visualise absolutely everything. For me, I kind of pretend that that is the next one and is how I get over what Pitch Perfect 3 was because I'm like oh but you know if I look through this bit I can at least see that they're kind of together anyway yeah and I loved how you didn't change anything from the previous movies it literally carried on no everyone has their own opinions of what they want to do with these movies of course none of us own them but we own our own opinions and our own emotions and attitudes towards them for me personally I don't really feel like I want to disregard any of the previous movies because I'm actually quite happy with you know certain aspects of Pitch Perfect 3 I have no control over it no one really does other than Universal and so what happened happened and so why why kind of disregard a lot of stuff you can just build on it instead and of course Pitch Perfect 3 did give us the Brooklyn apartment so exactly man that's that's what I'm talking about (laughs) yeah what was it like then coming from like writing fan fiction to then doing something in the form of a script because it's a must be a different way of having to write yeah really different um I think I can't remember whether I'd planned stuff out I think the riff-off definitely took a lot of planning 
yeah it was it was really different it, it kind of flowed quickly in terms of you're literally just mostly writing dialogue so that's quite easy yeah it was really odd it's kind of like trying to really um take a step back from describing too much about how people look what their reactions are and expressions and how they might be feeling you kind of have to leave that to the readers really as though they were the viewers so to speak so that was really different and i guess after that i've done the occasional one shot set in like a script form format and that's mostly because it's like I've got an idea I haven't got a lot of time I'm just going to get it out there in terms of dialogue and the occasional action or scene setting and then roll with it from there so and then post it and get it off my chest sort of thing so yeah and that's fascinating though that it's something that you sort of tried out and then it's been a way of writing that you've been able to use at other points as well down yeah the line. yeah yeah and it took a bit of research to sort of work out how best to make the script so to speak i say loosely sort of looks so authentic so in terms of doing scene settings and stuff i had to do a little bit of research into that and got some really helpful advice from a few followers who sort of said ah, actually you wouldn't necessarily put that in a screen because i've been doing a diploma in screenwriting or whatever and it's like oh handy to know thank you so um yeah it's been interesting one thing that i also noticed is that you really seem to like taking on writing challenges um <laughs> For example, you look at the Chloe Week this year and you were like, people send me AUs and then I will just yeah. put each one in a different AU and kind of play around with it. I think one of my favourites was the one which was like a period piece where Jessie's a horse. And was- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah I just I envisioned Jesse being like that horse from Tangled where he's just so despicably jealous of Becca's reaction to Chloe as he would be in real life that I just love the idea of just turning him into a horse I've written so many one shots before and it would be easy for me to use these prompts and say hey we'll set it just after Pitch Perfect 3 hey we'll set it during the Brooklyn Chronicles era or we'll set it in Barden era but actually I like to get my follow as involved if possible yeah they had some great AUs and also it's a good idea of working out actually what are people interested in because you know I have written so many different things are people going to want a western AU are people going to want like a spy AU that was that was fun because prompts is a normal thing for me like I'm used to getting prompts so the Chloe week isn't necessarily unique to me like in terms of getting a word or a phrase but yeah putting it into a specific AU kind of gave me a bit more of a challenge which was nice you already had the prompt challenge. You're like, let's just make this a little bit more interesting. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think, yeah, there's something fun about that. And because I quite like to post the prompt list and what AU it's going to be connected to before the actual posting of that week. So before I post the actual one shots, it kind of gives people as well an idea of what to expect, building a sense of anticipation about, oh, how how is she going to get that connected to this particular AU? So yeah, that was fun. And do you find you get a lot of inspiration from like the media? I've noticed we've written fix, like there's the Hancock one yeah. where it is inspired by the movie or you wrote spy ones inspired by Spook. Yeah, I just genuinely, whatever, whatever crops up. And if I think, oh, I could actually turn that into a Bacloe fic. Or, you know, like with Hancock, it was, it was like that unusual, I remember seeing that at the cinema and it just being such a surprise. I hadn't imagined that Charlie Theron's character would end up being a superhero as well. And like the twist of them not actually being able to be together, but they're naturally drawn to each other. And I loved that. And I wanted that for the Chloe. And I loved the idea that 
you know, Chloe was married to Chicago, who was mortal, and she'd managed to keep things a secret for him for so long. And then Becca kind of turns up and butt heads, so to speak. And then it all comes out. It's because actually they're made for each other. They're soulmates, they're angels, they're paired, and they can't be together because if they are, they get injured and hurt and could die. And oh God, it's just so angsty. It's just so lovely. It's crazy to think like you'll watch something and, and then you'll be like, wait, what if I put these yes. two characters in that yeah. universe? Yeah, sometimes, you know what, I'm not going to lie. I'll even pick a movie or a TV show and think, do you know what, I need some inspiration. I'll give this a go. Let's watch this and see if I can actually bring any, get anything from this. I'm not going to lie. That's definitely what I've been doing more recently. It's like I've got this really precious, finite amount of time to watch a film. So let's pick something that I could actually use in my film. <laughs> writing eventually <laughs> let's make it useful <laughs> yeah let's make it useful i mean i wanted to watch love life a tv show but i thought if i'm gonna get anything from this it'll be living in in uh, new york will definitely do it so yeah <laughs> how did your family sort of think about the the hobbies that you do they're really supportive actually they're again i'm really lucky i've got a really good family um really supportive husband i mean obviously my son's only one so he doesn't really know anything about it anyway uh, which is probably best for him uh he knows the pitch perfect movies so that's good um <laughs> he had no choice really they're always on in the background so he just sort of like stop every time a song comes on he's like oh my husband thinks it's cool he's really like my number one fan as well so he's like we're both really supportive of each other's hobbies and he's just like you know you want to write you write you write you write just do whatever makes you happy and my family are the same they've always been the same so yeah, I think everyone everyone's pretty chill about it. I think they've probably mostly forgotten as well. I don't know. <laughs> it's amazing that they're so supportive though. Even when you're watching a movie and be like, wait, I need to like... like... <laughs> I won't necessarily say that. I won't say like, pause the movie, I need to make a note. But I will literally be logging it away. I don't think he necessarily... Does he know that I do that in terms of picking a movie? I don't think he does actually. <laughs> I'll need to tell him next time. and be like, oh, I just need some writing inspiration. But yeah. <laughs> This is why you pick the movies. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Even if he picks the movies, like, it's pretty cool. I'm like, oh, I can make that of a Chloe twist. We're good. Yeah. You've written quite a few. I mean, you, you obviously done a lot of one shots. And you, mm. you know, when you look at through your Tumblr and stuff, there's loads there that you can check yeah. out. But then you've also got a number of fix that you've written, like complete fix or mini fix. Yep. Um, I thought it'd be quite cool maybe just to look at a few of them because Probably there's so many yeah. little universes that you've created. Yeah. Um, one of the f very early ones that I've noticed on your account was two years on. Oh yeah, that's my biggie. That's like my, you know how creators will have like a life's work, like Red's got this experimentation. Like I feel like that's kind of, when they say life's work, it's like when I'm 80, I'll put that final uh, final <laughs> chapter up sort of thing. Like it's there and it's a world that I created, but um yeah, I still, still need to keep updating that. <laughs> that one is set after Pitch Perfect 3. Yeah, so it was kind of set... Um, I started writing it when Lich... I think we didn't even have a synopsis for Pitch Perfect 3. I think all we knew was that it was going to be set like a couple of years after Pitch Perfect 2 finished. So weirdly enough, I wrote Becca and Chloe living in an apartment together in Brooklyn. That was really weird, but they had separate rooms. We didn't know it was going to be a USO tour either. So that's why there's no USO tour. Actually, it was just going to be a European tour, like to celebrate the Bellas. So that's why I set it as. 
yeah and so their love kind of blossoms in the first 10 chapters and that was kind of what it was going to be it was just going to be uh, this little 10 chapter jobby and uh, if I fancy doing an epilogue or two like following them later then I would and I think there's a few more than 10 chapters now in that that thing <laughs> a little bit <laughs> what amazed me is that you've got I think it, in the synopsis it sort of says you know this is going to be about 15 chapters and some yeah. epilogues that'll yeah. be it and then you look at it and it's like 62 chapters. Yeah, I think there's like 10 chapters and then there's like 50 epilogues. Like it was really challenging me to work out Roman numerals because that's how I started writing it. And I was like, oh, I've got to come up. Like, how do I write 62 in Roman nu- numerals? Like work that out a bit sooner or stop that a bit sooner. But yeah. And now I find myself with one shots. I'll do the occasional one shot, which is like what I call a future shot. So it's still in certain like AU. So I think currently where I'm up to in this, in this story is that um, Chloe has just found out that she's pregnant with her first baby. And I have a whole timeline. I know exactly where they're going. I know what they're doing, how many children they have, what their jobs will be, what pets they have, what will the rest of the Beale family be doing? Because Becca is actually really close to Chloe's family in this story, which I love. And they have family trees and you name it. Like I've gone all JK Rowling on it. So I do the occasional future shots of following their parenthood with their firstborn, Abby, and subsequent children, Dexter and Eleanor or Nori and their dogs and what their careers will be and stuff it's really cool so I do the occasional one shot because I love that universe but also I guess without realizing I'm stalling (laughs) when it comes to putting that extra chapter up. I think that's quite cool though that you you kind of crafted the main bit of the story and then you kind of jump in with any one shot that you want to draw into that universe. Yeah. Yeah, and then there's some really avid followers on Tumblr who just love Tears On and will then message me saying, yeah, like, it's a Tears On one shot. Like, that's fantastic. And yeah, they're really supportive of that. I think there's about three or four of them. And as soon as I've put one up and they realise it's Tears On, they're like, bam, like, yes, fantastic. I love these guys. I love this family. I love this universe. And that's really sweet and really motivating as well for me to go, oh, maybe I shouldn't ignore that that half draft that I've got still in my draft and it's amazing that you have like you said you've got the whole timeline you mm-hmm. mapped out like you know the beginning to the end yep. potentially between and so it's- and the years like because it was charting so far ahead that it was going to be 2022 or 2029 or you know going on through that that's it's just helpful and that's why I have a family tree as well because I'm jumping forward and I just can't remember how old everyone is like so I'll say oh you know because there's only so many times you can go you know the petite brunette or whatever and then it gets <laughs> all messed up because then all of their kids are also petite brunettes and you're like oh man so I'm gonna have to like say the five-year-old or the two-year-old or the 39-year-old and yeah that makes things a bit easier so having a timeline just to consult is helpful and that's why I guess I call that my big fic because that's the only one that's really mapped out and that's the one that you can kind of jump into I say that I mean I haven't (laughs) haven't, this must have been two years since I've posted something for it so that is definitely giving me a nudge (laughs) I really must yeah do a little extra let's jump to one that I think was hilarious which was vegan Becca 
Oh yeah. I'm not I'm sorry, I'm not vegan, so I really don't know much about the world of veganism. That one kind of caught me by surprise because yeah. it's sat around Pitch Perfect Three. I mean I don't want to give too much away for people who want to read no, it. That's but fine. What was it that you were like, let's make Chloe vegan and then twist it all around? Ah, uh, so Again, this was, I wrote this before Pitch Perfect 3 came out, before we knew too much about it. I think the most that we got was that I think Britney Snow or someone had said in an interview that in this movie, Pitch Perfect 3, Chloe gets weirder or she gets weird around Chicago. I didn't know what that meant. And I thought, how could I make her weirder? And we knew she was going to be a vet or she was wanting to go to vet school. And so I thought, oh man, maybe like she was just so committed, like she was committed to the Bella, she's so committed to becoming a vet that she wants to become a vegan. I can imagine her having like a really compulsive, obsessive personality and really addictive. And so she's like, right, next thing, next thing, like what next, not to say it's a fad, not saying it's a fad, but what next thing can I start doing? So, you know, she'll have done all sorts of diets, all sorts of things and probably drives Becca nuts but I thought why not you know making her vegan and then of course Chicago this big strapping soldier sort of says oh we've got awesome burgers here and she's just like oh yeah I love burgers because she's so desperate for him to like her and everyone's like well no you don't because you're vegan and that's kind of where it kind of stemmed from and it was just a one shot I was just gonna leave it at that and then actually a lot of people said that they really liked the quirkiness of it and that yeah of nowhere like Chloe's just an absolute idiot around Chicago and Becca then sort of says actually I'll pretend to be vegan because I really like this girl and I feel bad for her that this is how she is around him and that's where that came from. It's amazing that it started off as just a one shot and then grew (laughs) to this whole like I don't even know how many chaps it is but yeah it was a whole fic. (laughs) This is one idea let's make Chloe vegan and then and actually I think I remember the fandom really not liking Chicago before he'd even come on screen like no one knew what this movie was about really so we'd only seen like a picture of the actor and it was like boo we hate you and it was just like how can I also make this character really not likable in this fic here we go we're making the bad guy and And who doesn't love, like, a protective Becca? Oh, my gosh, I know. I know, she's so great. And an an idiot Chloe. I mean, it's brilliant. Another one that was just a bizarre situation that just kind of escalated. Oh, dear. Space brownies. Oh, yeah, that did escalate, didn't it, quickly? Um, (laughs) Where did the idea for that come from? I can't remember. I can't remember where the idea came from, but I do remember writing it. I think I liked the idea, Becca and Chloe waking up, a la The Hangover, naked in bed together with some sort of weird sort of permanent marker thing on each other's wrists. You know, Becca's bras torn in half or someone's bras torn in half. And it's like, how do they get in this situation? And I love movies and I love TV shows or whatever that have little flashbacks in. So like, how do they get to this situation? And so I thought, oh, well, I'll, I'll write that. And then also sort of challenge the readers a bit sort of say actually yeah how did that happen and so we then follow every Bella's perspective of how the night before went and what had led up to Beck and Chloe ending up in bed together the next morning and then the final chapter is actually what happened very such bizarre a, you're yeah, right such a bizarre concept but I love how <laughs> yeah. like you said that you told the story through the different Bella's perspective yeah I thought it'd be really fun because you know it probably was pretty chaotic when Becca and Chloe just suddenly started eating space brownies I but it wasn't based on a true experience I promise <laughs> it's just like yeah it's fun well I think one of my favorite moments is the 
was for Amy's perspective where she's like running to the house because something's happened with Blowy and <laughs> and she has to be there to see it because Tay Stacey forgotten about that. texted her yeah. and like, <laughs> the whole Bella's just being like wait is this actually really happening yeah I'd forgotten about that oh my gosh yeah I'd forgotten I'd written about it it's just something so Amy it's like she's literally dropped everything like I've just got to get over and see because something's happening no one's telling me what's going on between them I just know that the word blowy is mentioned and like something's happening yeah yes yeah and they're they're watching on like completely really confused like what's happening here and Stacey almost seems to be like the mum of the group in that moment yes like Go to your room. Um, I yeah, just go. <laughs> just go. Just leave. I do not want to see any more. Not on the kitchen table. Yeah. Bellas, eh? They get to so much mischief. <laughs> they do. That's just the beauty of it. We don't know how much mischief they got up to. So <laughs> the world's our oyster in terms of writing. Sometimes it can be really tricky writing comedy. You know, if you think something's funny, you don't know if other people are going to find it. No, funny. it's true. But and that's why it's so important to write for yourself, I think. If you find something funny, then... I don't know how big our fandom is at the moment, but certainly at one point we had a huge amount. It's going to appeal to someone, so... Yeah, right for myself. And if I find it funny, I think initially Fat Amy was going to be the Stacey role. And then I thought, actually, no, I think it'd be funnier to have Amy barging in with a stitch. Like, what the hell's going on? And yeah, that's definitely my own humour there. But I'm glad other people find it funny. That's quite nice. Because <laughs> I like to make people laugh. So that's cool. And of course, like the only time Fat Amy would do cardio would be yes, to get there. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Only time she do vertical running is then. Okay, so one thing that's quite big that you've written is the McClowey High School first time story. Yeah. Did you uh, anticipate the reaction that you were going to get for a story like that? Definitely not. I know, I don't know what it is about that story, but that gets a lot of people very excited. I don't know whether it's the age of the followers or whether it's because more people can remember high school days but I think I started writing that because I hadn't written any other high school fic and that was just another AU to give a go. Yeah, it kind of just sort of took off. Yeah, it took me by a lot of surprise. I just thought it was another one of those fics. So I'll just churn out and go. Because like high school AUs, lots of people have done them. Like, it, yeah. you, know, you know, it's a subject that, that's been covered quite often. Mm. One thing I liked when I was reading it was often Chloe's the one that's portrayed being the more experienced confident one yeah and so there is this little twist i'm not saying becca's super confident but there's no there's a little twist there and seeing yeah. a little bit of a role reversal i think that's one of the main reasons why i wanted to write it because i thought ah oh, actually what if i could twist those roles okay so becca is a bit younger than chloe even in this fic but i just love the idea that even though chloe's older and she's in the more popular group and there's a lot of rumors about her in terms of how sexually active she's been i liked the idea that there's something about becca this scrappy little lower year who seems to make her feel confident enough that she can say actually uh, all of those rumors are not true and you know it's just one of those things that you do when you're popular you'd sort of just roll with it you know and just let them say what they want to and i think becca was really kind about that and i think it was that kindness and that leeway that gave chloe the confidence to take advice from becca really so to speak <laughs> in a way yeah. in a way yeah 
it's, it is very cute in places like I just I really wanted to write something man that was like the characters weren't going to feel forced to do something they didn't want to do I think high schools are really tentative age and you know I do remember what it was like in high school I'm not saying for the slightest bit that any of the things experienced in this fic are what I experienced but I you know it is a really confusing time and going through your teenage years is hard work and I just really wanted to write something sometimes about those complications of being in certain friendship groups and the hierarchy in school and and also just trying to find yourself a bit and who you're comfortable with and just really sort of promote the importance of feeling comfortable with the person you're with if you're going to start being sexually active with them and that's that's why I felt that was quite an important aspect to write about. So let's jump to one that I feel was a collection of one shots that have kind of become death, Chloe. Where did that come Uh, from? Like, (laughs) I would find it quite intimidating to try and write something. I mean, I don't know that much about being death Mm. um, and the challenge of giving a character something like that that you can have to kind of interpret into writing. Yeah, I think personally, I don't have any experience about that. I have worked with people before who have had hearing difficulties. My son has a couple of little buddies who are deaf, though of course there are only one, so it's not really um, much to do there. I think I just wanted to delve into something different. Uh, It's another meet cute, really, and how can I develop a friendship or a relationship between Becca and Chloe? And I just love with that fic. There's something so sweet and innocent and pure about kids becoming friends. And that actually they see beyond stereotypes or, you know, race or disabilities. I just wanted to write Becca being this little cutie and not being overly great at school in terms of writing or anything like that, but really wanting to be friends with Chloe and just being drawn to her and wondering why she's the quiet girl and stuff like that that did start off definitely as a one shot and then that really took off as well and I think there's a few people in the community who are hard of hearing and sort of said that's just you know so nice to be represented and that kind of channeled things on that's amazing yeah especially that you're able to bring awareness I suppose in a way to yeah you know different groups are are in the fandom and maybe Mm. it's not talked about yeah yeah definitely Yeah, so I just, yeah, I do really like that fic, actually. It just reminds me about it. But yeah, I think there's something really sweet about, yeah, the two of them, you know, Becca wants, as soon as she found out that Chloe's deaf, she wants to learn sign language, or I think she called it sign language. She couldn't quite say the word properly, and... Yeah, I just think it was really nice that they sort of, they, they did things for each other, you know, because they were best friends and then they went to university together and or college, sorry, them developing each other's feelings. And I think also it was a vulnerability because Chloe already feels a little vulnerable because she can't hear. Um, and I think when Becca starts dating and stuff, she feels even more insecure about it because she's like, of course, Becca's happy with these people because they can hear and stuff like that. So it's kind of delving into that insecurity, which I thought, was a cha- it was a different challenge but I really in a weird way enjoyed writing I thought it was quite sweet and I think it's quite nice that you just have these moments where you just delve into the universe yeah <laughs> so that all the parts of the collection are Mm -hmm. just little shots Mm. just like viewing into their lives and where are they now or what are they doing in this situation yeah i love i love doing that and i love um some fix i'll do and they'll be across several days um and they'll be very specific in certain hours of the day but 
I do love jumping years and just seeing how they've developed. Um, I've done that with a couple of AUs. I think a run is another AU where Becca and Chloe start running together in the morning during Barden, just to sort of have a little chin wag. And then it just follows, I think it's just seven chapters long and it's just seven separate moments uh, along their friendship. It fills in the gaps of what happened between those years. They'll sort of say, oh, sorry about this thing happening last year and stuff. And so, yeah, I think I quite enjoy doing that when it comes to writing. So if we were to jump into this year, 2020. quarantine. <laughs> we had to Do you know what? The, the fanfic gods must have been looking down on us <laughs> for this one as well. They were like, oh my gosh, there's only one house. You know, they're sort of... There's this ideal situation now where, OMG, they were quarantined, <laughs> kind of. So your quarantine AU came out, has been coming out for the past few months. I mean, you finished yeah. it now. Yes. Um, yes. Where did the idea... Yeah, <laughs> you did it. <laughs> finished another one. Complete. Where did the idea for that one come from? Because it was quite different from all the other ones that I've read, where you literally have Becca's house and then are like, everybody ends up coming here. I'm pleased to hear that it was different from others because I, I, as you can imagine, don't have a lot of time to read. So I just, just write for me, get it posted and go. And I have no idea if it's similar to someone else's. So I'm pleased that it's kind of unique in that sense. I just like, I mean, I love writing the Bellas and I love the idea that Becca and Chloe can kind of blossom something whilst trying to keep it secret. And then how do you make that more complicated? Oh yeah, they're quarantined. Like it's a big house, but there's a lot of people in that house and there's a kid like, yeah, really fun to write. And you know, Lily crops up out of nowhere and Emily's put in awkward situations where she's accidentally <laughs> shut in a room with them and everyone's sharing a bathroom again. It gets, gets complicated. So, I mean, I don't know about anybody else, but I think it was one of those that really just kept you going during quarantine because... <laughs> The pining in that story, oh, oh my word, like between Becca and Chloe, you're just like, come on guys, just, yeah, just, just get like, it together. And then when you think that it's like resolved, it's not. And then there's I like, I can't oh. remember how it isn't, but yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sorry. But I can imagine I probably did write something like that where, yeah, you think it's, yeah, you think it's better and it isn't. That sounds right. And then it, and then it has a really nice happy ending. I mean, do you get quite... A reaction from people when you do a fic that is that much pining for so long how long did it take you to write that one it was what from march it'd be march to june maybe it's not like a huge amount of time but no and it was really busy at work so um <laughs> good old covid um yeah it was pretty busy but i think actually if anything i relished the fact that a lot of people were messaging me going oh my gosh becca's such a dumbass and i'm like yeah, I know. So I'm going to keep writing her being a dumbass. Because, you know, sometimes if you do get writer's block or you are busy and you get home and you haven't got the energy to write, actually getting a message going, oh man, just a very specific comment on a particular chapter. And you're like, this is specifically what you liked about that. That's awesome. I'm, I'm going to write another one for you. It won't be specifically for you, but it's for you. And yeah, it was noticeable that people were locked in. That's for sure. And then you yeah. have the power to just choose how long you keep them going. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think, it was just because I just kept writing because you know I, I didn't know that the ending uh, no I did know that I, I wanted to end it the way I ended it but I didn't know how to get them to that point and so and because oh, you've got so many Bellas it's like how can I factor it in and I think the situation the scene with with Emily being in that awkward situation was a total whim I didn't plan on that 
and it just happened fat amy managing to get emily out of that room the way she did was definitely on a total whim and there's a mention of taylor swift in there and i hadn't listened to that album it was on my list of things to do but i know the fandom is a big taylor swift fan so um having seen my dashboard so i was like oh do you know what i'm just gonna let the guys have a little bit of a taylor swift uh lyrics and see and they did actually yeah went a bit mental over that they were pretty happy about that but yeah <laughs> i thought oh yeah what's a good one that'll fit with them so yeah another fic that kind of goes into the pining and and everything i think we talked about it another time on the podcast Ooh. was is it red hair yeah yeah i really so, wanted a pining fic correct me if i'm wrong but it felt oh. like i had read the first chapters before because they felt like they were one shots or something I'm not- yeah and then yeah, they were. you kind of expanded this story because I remember reading the one shots and just being like, man, this is like so upsetting. <laughs> like, so sad. So morbid. Yeah. Yeah. yeah morbid. Yeah. <laughs> really morbid. Yeah. No, I just, I, I mentioned earlier that sometimes with one shots, I quite like to leave them on a cliffhanger and what better cliffhanger than Becca desperately wishing that the person she was with would be Chloe. And then someone had said, Oh gosh, don't leave it there. Like I need more. And I was like, okay, well I'll do another one then. So I thought I'll do it from Chloe's perspective. And that made the angst and the pining even worse for everyone because they were like, Oh, well Chloe's doing exactly the same way, but she's just, she doesn't realize that Becca feels that way as well. And the fact that they aren't in communication with each other, that makes it worse. And I think the older I get, the more I want to, so I'm 32 now, like the older I get, the more I want to produce stuff that shows relationships in a realistic situation as much as possible. And for them, it was the, the heavy duty of career and study and how realistically, if you're not in the same house, like how are you going to maintain a relationship or maintain even a connection because life is so busy. So it started with a couple of one shots and then when people went nuts over that second one, I was like, oh, I'm just going to have to write a mini fic for it instead. And so I tried to set out the chapters ahead and post a master post and say, look, here it goes. This will be the master post. This is what it'll be. This is what you can expect. And that also drives me forward to sort of write more. So with something like that, you didn't necessarily have a whole story because it was just one shots <laughs> when people kind of picked up on it and were obsessed yeah. with the story. Like, okay, yeah. now this needs to, I need to craft something yeah. out of it. Yeah. How can I get them together? What excuse can I give? And how will they be feeling during that time? And I think sort of during the middle of it, they are, I mean, I think on several occasions, Becca just bursts into tears. She's exhausted. She is physically and emotionally exhausted. And she just sort of thinks that life is really unfair and not the way it should have been. And she says this all to Chloe and Chloe's actually got a really good life going on back at vet school, but you know, she also really misses Becca. And yeah, so I kind of wanted to bring that aspect into it as well. It's one thing that I really enjoyed about the story, like you mentioned earlier, was just how complicated life can be. And yeah. like the whole idea of when you've got careers and stuff going off this side, yeah. it can be really hard to then put a relationship into that or the regrets of what could have been and kind yeah. of exploring that whole idea. Yeah, definitely. Absolutely. And I think from the few fix or one shots that I have read or I have stumbled across, a lot of them 
have this very sort of oh and they all lived happily ever after situation and generally my fics do end happily ever after but in a sort of more realistic sense so actually they just settle down or they just get on with things and have a long distance relationship until one of them moves sort of closer to the other and then you know that's when it, it's happily ever after and I don't know I think I prefer like writing the more realistic side of things rather than oh they kiss and that's brilliant and then that's it so they drop everything for each other which also I don't think is a good thing to do I think it's important to have your own sort of interests and stuff so jumping right forward to today then what are you working on at the moment that is a very good question what am I working on at the moment um let me see I think I've definitely got a one shot that I've been writing based on the movie yesterday I don't know if you've seen it a comedy British comedy based on the Beatles but I really wanted somebody to do that yeah I just I just watched it and immediately was like this is Big Chloe written all over it so for the most part it is very similar so I'm still playing my way through that I think that's about two-thirds done I've also got another chapter two years on and then there's the Netflix there's the Netflix script that I've been working on as well so I've done episode one now where did the idea for the Netflix story come from I think it was just out of frustration not frustration there was just I was so aware that there was nothing between Pitch Perfect 1 and Pitch Perfect 2 so we have no idea where anyone's come from and I thought you know it'd be nice for everyone to have more Black Chloe scenes going on and there is an underlying the Chloe storyline I just want to delve into the other characters backgrounds as well I like that whole idea of it being a bridge Perfect 1 and Pitch Perfect 2 and next yeah that whole area yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. It's brilliant. So, yeah. Well, I cool. really enjoyed chatting to you today. Thank you oh, so much for, like, taking the time. That's all right. Um, is it <laughs> right if I just ask you a few questions that people have Please asked? do. Yeah, okay. go for it. Teresa wanted to know, how do you find time to raise a child, balance work, and write amazing fanfics? Well, thank you, Teresa, for the amazing fanfics bit. How do I find time? Like I say, I just, just whittle away. I just find spare time, jot things down, and, you know, jot them down on, on the app. And then just let them flow <laughs> find spare time. It's busy. Um, but like I say, because it's my hobby, it's not too difficult. Danny would like to know, has having children inspired any of your ideas? Since having a kid, I've written less, definitely, about kids. But that's only because I'm going through it. So it's quite nice not to have to write about that. <laughs> Whilst... I like <laughs> what's this happening in real life you know uh or I'll look back on it and I'll think actually no I wrote about kids and it was actually a bit more similar than I expected it to be so that's quite nice Maya would like to know has your writing experience helped you expand your creativity as a mum helps you tap help your child tap into that creative side oh um yeah I've always been quite creative actually yeah we're often getting the paints out or crayons my husband's quite creative as well so I think we'll always encourage our children to be very creative and finally (laughs) fallout bean asked the question are we going to read their whole thing out go for it yes this is what they say first of all I love your work the script for pitch perfect for is awesome and Netflix better get in touch with you for the series (laughs) speaking of did you and if yes how did you plan the Pitch Perfect show in Netflix style? Did you write like a long plan mind map or something of all the seasons? Or is it also a mental whip where you decided on what to focus each season as they come? Wow, that's a really long and good question. I didn't contact them about it. 
because uh, it's <laughs> fan fiction. And in terms of a timeline, I know exactly where everyone's going. So like the whole way through, every season, you name it. So Flo is next. She's got a big backstory. And it'll just be sort of joining the dots from the first one to the second one, really. And then hopefully getting the Chloe together at the end. Watch this space. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So just as we close, I mean, is there... Any fics that you've written that you feel have been underrated? Is there any that you would be like, oh, wow. more people to read this one? Good question. I think Get to Say was one of my favourites. And that was following more from Chloe's teenage daughter's perspective when she began dating her godmother. That one, Get to Say. It's on A3, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Well, thank you so much for taking the time. I to know. Thank it's you so been much. It's been really great. being able to speak to you and yeah. kind of learning about your work and everything. Yeah. Brilliant. Yeah, yeah. No, it's been a pleasure to chat and to share things to, yeah, to share like my experiences and stuff. It's been really good. So if people want to check you out, where's the best places to do that? Probably on Tumblr, I would have thought, and probably AO3 as well. Yeah. So on AO3, you have a different name, don't you? No, when you know, you know. That is the name. Not, she's not just saying that. <laughs> so if you want to find her on AO3, it's when you know, you know. And then if they want to find you on Tumblr, it's a sweet melody trickling. Yes, that's the one. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Lovely. Brilliant. Well, good luck with the, Thank you with and all the you. stuff you're working on at the moment. I hope it really yeah. goes well. We're intrigued to see what happens. Oh man, me too. Me too. As we like to do every single week, I like to take a look at the fan fiction that has been recently created or the creations that people have put into this fandom and uh, just share some of my highlights. There's so much out there, we can't cover everything. So this is just a little snapshot into some of the things that have recently been created. The first thick that I wanted to highlight this week is called Vampires, Werewolves, Pitch Perfect by Double Nought Six on AO3. The summary says a retelling of the first Pitch Perfect movie with a few twists. Vampires and werewolves are real and at Barden University. The Barden Bellas are on a mission for their first ICCA title. What will happen as first-time captains Aubrey Posen and Chloe Beale take control? I wasn't quite sure what to expect when I dove into this story. Because all we're kind of given is the, the inkling that there's going to be vampires, werewolves, and it's going to be based loosely around the first Pitch Perfect movie. So you know it's going to be a Barden. I'm always intrigued with stories that want to retell the story, but give it its own little twist. And I think that's where it keeps it exciting, is like, how are they going to give you something new from a story that you've known and maybe read quite a few times in different versions and one thing that really caught my attention with this story was as you read the beginning in the introduction, there's a whole section that the author gives you of kind of detailing how in-depth they've gone into the world of vampires and werewolves. And they've really thought out what each of the powers are, the dynamics of having certain abilities and powers, and also how that works in society and so you have all this information and it kind of then adds to I wonder how this is going to work with the dynamics of the Bellas and as you're delving into the story it begins kind of focusing on Aubrey and her coming back as captain or co-captain of the Bellas and her being a vampire and it kind of really caught my attention because Although you know the story of Pitch Perfect and how it goes, even from the offset at the beginning, 
you're already drawn into these twists and things that have made the story really, really different. So it's really exciting to kind of think, I don't know how on earth this is going to play out because this is already so different from my understanding of Pitch Perfect that I'm just intrigued to see where the author's going to take it and how it's going to play out. What's also really comforting in the notes, the author has said that they've already written the story, so they're just going to have to be publishing it. There's like a good chance that this is going to get finished. Even the few chapters that are up right now, you really get this sense of them building this community of Bellas, the house dynamics. And I love the fact that we kind of get little inklings of Jessica and Ashley and some of the other characters that kind of build up this Bella's dynamic. And it feels great that they've kind of spent the time to sort of say, hey, look, this is our household. This is how the dynamics of all of these characters are going to work, whether they're vampires, whether they're werewolves. And it's like really, really endearing to see that they all care and work within the abilities that they have. And I'm intrigued to see how this kind of plays out. You know, are the vampires going to get annoyed that the wolves maybe just leave fur everywhere or I don't know, just things like this that could kind of upset the balance of the house. The way that they've outlined vampires and werewolves gives this impression that they're almost quite opposites in a lot of things. Like the werewolves are quite touchy-feely, very warm, vampires are not. It makes you really intrigued. How is this going to play out in the long run at the Bella's house? Or are there going to be some times when... uh, Maybe things just great at each other. Also, what kind of really interesting and is outlined at the very, very first chapter is the feelings that certain characters have and how that is expressed through their abilities. For example, you get very, very early on this sense that Becca and Chloe are a thing or they want to become a thing and that's kind of played around with a little bit. You get an insight into, okay, this is how a werewolf would flirt and these are the reasons why like because of the sort of canine nature that they have even someone like becca who is a werewolf and maybe is a bit more of a standoffish character how she leans into that being a werewolf herself seeing the chloe coming together in this fic is really interesting because not only do you get to see an in-depth kind of view as to how their relationship grows as werewolves. It then throws a curveball in when you then understand in the outlines of the story that there's going to be a strawberry coupling as well. And you've got Stacy as a werewolf and Aubrey as a vampire. So understanding the way that werewolves interact and flirt and kind of grow a relationship between Becca and Chloe, you're then kind of left wondering, well, how is that going to work then when you've got like two complete opposites that it just wouldn't be natural for either of them to do something different than what they're used to doing, like the standoffish nature of Aubrey being a vampire to the werewolf Stacy, who would yearn for this kind of sense of warmth and touching and expressing feelings that way. So I'm like, I'm like so intrigued to see how this is going to play out. Seeing these characters with this vampire werewolf world that we've been given. My next fic that I want to focus on this week is called You're My Guardian Angel by What A Cute Name. The summary of this story says, Chloe's daughter is involved in a car accident. The little girl is saved by a guardian angel. However, the woman ends up in a coma and the redhead ends up falling in love with the woman that saved her little girl's life. This is a Corbury fic, or Chorbury, however you want to say it. 
And it's on AO3. At the moment, there's only the one chapter. I was so intrigued with the premise of the story just from the first chapter that's been put up. Because the first chapter really sets the scene of Chloe being the anxious mum. You know, she's she's out, maybe she's at work or whatever. She gets the phone call that her daughter is in the hospital. And like, I mean, I don't have kids, but you just kind of imagine the horror that would be happening for a parent to get that phone call. And of course, the sort of anxiousness of her getting to the hospital and everything playing out there. And then her finding out that the person who saved her daughter's life ended up getting hit instead in this car accident is a little bit heart-wrenching. And you've been going along this journey with with Chloe to then find out that she can't even thank the person who saved her girl's life. We don't know what's going to happen next, and I'm so intrigued to see how this is going to play out. And just seeing the little interactions between Chloe and her daughter, I'd be so fascinated to see how this plays out with the Corbury situation. It just le- led my mind to kind of get delve into this rabbit hole of like, are they going to be sitting at the bedside? Are they going to be like tending to Aubrey in the hospital? Like, what are they going to do for somebody who saved your loved one's life? It then plays on your mind, like, what would you do? Would you continue to visit them? Would you try and help in some way? or wait for them to wake up. So like, there's all these things that you're thinking about. And I just thought it's such an interesting beginning to a story. I can't wait to see how it plays out. And the final story for this week is called The Sleep Kiss by H. Burkett. And it's on AO3. The summary says, Becca is not sure what happened, but she cannot stop thinking about it and desperately wants it to happen again. That's literally all you're told. This is a short one shot. I just thought the story was just really cute and endearing. Partly, it is slightly a ridiculous storyline, but I think that's why it makes it so good, because you're just like, what the heck? And then I just had to keep reading it. I thought it was great. I don't want to give away too much about what happens in the story, but basically something happens and it just kind of... Becca's just not quite sure what happened. I think as a reader as well, you're just like, um, I don't know if that's really possible. Like... Is that something that that you would wake up to or whatever? And I I found myself second-guessing things as well, as Becca was doing, just being like, um, really? Like, we're not questioning this situation? And then you can see that playing out in Becca's mind as she's kind of mulling over everything that's happened. And I love the fact that we kind of get Becca, the overthinker, coming in a little bit. How that overthinking nature just kind of leads her to then making a decision on something that plays out almost a very similar scenario later on in the story. It is just so sweet and random. I just fell a little bit in love with it. So I hope you enjoy it too. That is The Sleep Kiss by H. Burkett on AO3. Those are our fix for this week. I hope you enjoyed the podcast this week. It was an absolute pleasure and a big thank you to A Sweet Melody Trickling for taking the time to speak to me. If you want to keep up to date with Pitch That, we are on Tumblr, Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. You can keep up to date with everything we're getting up to as we try to just cover the world of Pitch Perfect. That's it from me. I'll see you next time.